0: and I see that a lot and it's a mindset thing. Quite often they don't get past the concept stage so they put all their heart and soul and finances into that idea and getting it going but then they've run out of fuel and they're doing it on their own so they don't have the skills to take it to that next stage so they stay in that concept phase and they don't grow.
1: Helping CEOs and business leaders discover the energy to perform exceptional brilliance and positively impact the lives of those around them inspired by world leaders and next-level gurus. This is the Active CEO Podcast, where the ordinary don't belong. And now your hosts, Craig Johns and Ben Gathercole.
2: On this episode of the Active CEO Podcast, we speak with an incredible serial entrepreneur, a number one Amazon best-selling author, and sought-after business consultant and coach. Known as the back pocket CEO, she opened her first business at the age of 17 and has gone on to own and sell more than 10 businesses. She co-authored the book Game Changers in 2017 and recently wrote the book Simple Strategies to Success. In December 2017 she was recognized by New York's consulting magazine with an accolade as a global leader for excellence and innovation in consulting. Over the last few years, she has grown her business, Consulting Australia, to one of the leading management consulting firms in Sydney, Australia. I have the privilege to introduce you to an amazing person who not only thrives in the entrepreneurial and CEO space, but also supports those in our community who are dealing with mental health problems and addiction through the buttery private, Adriana Cesare. Adriana, welcome to the show. It's
0: a pleasure to be here.
2: So we're here today at the little space in Bondi Junction, so you can hear some of the buses going past, quite a busy part of Sydney, a really fun area. So Adriana, you you grew up on a farm. What caught your curiosity as a child and and what did you aspire to be?
0: That's a good question. Life on a farm was quite, how can I say, um, humbling. It was quite humble. We lived with my grandparents who were quite old and um, from a young age I was exposed to being resourceful and they were hard working and they were quite inspirational, they were beautiful people and um, they had a great community around them. And I think it was um, from that upbringing and that foundation that it was a natural progression for me to have um, drive and to want to improve my life and use what I was exposed to as a, a child to underpin um, where I am now. It was a beautiful upbringing and a great foundation to se- essentially establish um, the success of Achieve Sense. Yeah,
2: excellent. So so at the tender age of 17, you know, yeah. so very, very young, you, you took that bold move to start your first company, and I believe it was Voodoo Here That's right. So how did you know that this business was the right move for you at 17 years old?
0: Do you know I didn't, I didn't even think about it. 17, you're not scared of anything, especially me back then. (laughs) Um, So I was very creative, um, I was very driven. I knew I wanted a business. Um, I don't know if you've read um, in my first book, Game Changers, um, there was a part in that where um, I actually um, went through how it happened. I remember being um, 13 years old and at the farmhouse. I was on my push bike with my brother under this um, bay leaf tree. And I said to Rob, hey Rob, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, oh, I don't know, because he's a bit younger than me. He said, I want to have my business, my own business by the time I'm 18 years old. And I actually achieved that three months before. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, that um, I guess um, from a young age, I um, knew that I wanted to, I was into self-improvement and I knew I wanted more. And um, at as a young person and being exposed to what I was exposed to, my family was quite driven. Um, I just knew that um, if you really want something uh, bad enough, you can go ahead and make it happen.
2: So that real go-getter attitude. (laughs) So did you complete any formal business training or did you pioneer your way through this whole journey?
0: That's a nice way of putting it. I did nothing like that at all. I essentially was given an opportunity and I knew I wanted a business. So an opportunity did cross my path when I was about 17. And I said to my parents, "Um, I wanna get into this business. My mum said, look, we'll support you, whatever you want to do, but I think you're too young. And I thought, no, I want to do it, I want to give it a go, it's certainly what I want. So I um, did it and it was through trial and error and through um, essentially thinking, okay, this is what I want, this is what I want the business to look like in the next six months or year. And I didn't articulate this at that time, it's just my thought process. And I was thinking, these are my clients, this is what they need now, this is what they need in a year, or this is what the environment around me doing. So I put together a plan, um, taking into consideration all those different uh, points, and I made it happen. And it was constantly ever-changing, constantly growing, constantly developing. And um, from then on, I um, took on that business, I grew it, I diversified it into beauty, and I expanded it into a franchise.
2: So for our listeners, do you want to explain a little bit around what the business was? Yeah, sure. And also what your role in it was from the beginning. Were you you someone that sat in the back office and and directed everyone or were you hands on?
0: Yeah, so I was um, three months off, 18, when I um, took on that business and it was a hairdressing salon and it needed some work. So it wasn't performing overly well. And I wasn't a hairdresser, I just left school and I actually, Took on that business and to um, understand how um, the stylists were thinking, I started an apprenticeship and I actually needed to um, be an apprentice under the seniors. So people were working for me and I was an apprentice going through my trade um, under these people. But my mindset was growing this business. So um, I had a really um, beautiful um, lady called Sonia working for me and she was essentially my mentor as a stylist and I met somebody else and he was quite lovely as well. But I knew that I needed to get good people around me that knew what they were doing and I just wanted to grow this business. So then I diversified into um, the beauty side as well. So I sublet part of that shop to get more money in so I could have more cash flow to grow. And then unfortunately what happened, um, without going into too much detail, the area um, started to change. And um, where that salon was, um, there was a lot of, um, I guess, like not so much good stuff happening around it, like across the road there was this shop that um, changed hands and essentially bikies started to overrun it <laughs> and drugs moved into the area. Without wow. going to that, it wasn't safe. So I was pretty sad because I was thinking, this is my baby, I'm growing this business. I was 17, so you've got to think, how I was thinking back at that stage without any formal education or training. Um, and I ended up making a decision to um, pretty much cut the lease short and relocate. And I wanted to essentially transfer that business into another area where i could then set up a shop which was a one-stop shop for people that could trade seven days a week work long hours to um, cater for clients that were working long hours that wanted privacy that wanted to go somewhere that could essentially under one roof get hair and beauty services in that one roof and relax and enjoy their time and make it all about that client so i did that so i ended up relocating somewhere temporarily And then I took a break, went overseas, and I designed a shop. And then I came back, and that shop was designed up north in Italy, and I bought land and I built. So (laughs) I put my hard hat on, Uh and I um, designed, um, and then got approval from council, and put my hard hat on, and project managed the building. And by the time that got um, finished, I was about 22, and, That was it, I moved into that um, shop and then within about three months, it started to win awards. And then it grew and then it was on two levels. Um, Upstairs was beauty, Um, there were solariums, massage therapists, and then it just took off and it exploded and it just kept going, expanded to Queensland and um, the rest is history.
2: (laughs) Wow, phenomenal story. Let's go back a little bit. So did you ever think about why don't we merge with the Bikie gang and create a real special niche from a a hair and beauty salon <laughs>
0: um, well all I can say to that is um, some of their girlfriends were clients and they were telling us way too much information I didn't want to go into business with them
2: <laughs> so, so what characteristics allowed you to first identify those business opportunities and second position them to on-sell them in the future or franchise them out
0: um, I go back to how I started. Um, it was essentially where's the business at? What do the clients need? What's the environment doing? And what do I want to do with the business? And I'd keep growing, I kept growing the business and um, opening up other locations based on that basic um, thought process. Um, and then as I um, got more into um, the business and it started expanding. I did do business management um, training and I did marketing. Uh, I did a diploma in marketing and um, now I'm thinking back. Um, Yeah, at the time is really that basic thought process that helped it grow and I kept it simple. And it was very intuitive, it might sound really crazy, Um, because I didn't know much about business it was all self-taught so it was very intuitive self-taught and then I did a bit of study just to get some framework and understanding on how to grow up more yeah
2: beautiful so (laughs) for, for you what what is the magic that about owning your own business that just like Yes, I want to do that. Oh, I love because you because yeah. it seems like all the way along you have continuously yeah. owned your own business, sold it, and you know now you have your own consultancy business.
0: Yeah, I think it's the freedom that a business brings—freedom um, in um, my thought process, my time, the environment. Because the great thing about having a business is to be able to work with great people and to work together to make something um, grow and develop. So. Um, I think the freedom is the main thing, and then to have um, the ability to create wealth and to give back.
2: (laughs) Excellent, so what's the the backstory behind the back pocket CEO? Where did that come from?
0: I think I was um, chatting to Steve Brosman. Uh, He invited me to co-write in Game Changers, and he he said, you're a back pocket CEO. I said, no. No. He said, yeah, like, you're a back pocket CEO. <laughs> so that's how it happened and it evolved from there and it stuck.
2: Oh, it's fun. It's, it's nice to have your own little uh, analogy or, or term that, that, that you're phrased upon or recognized as. Uh, excellent. excellent. So transitioning from owning your own business to coaching people to successfully run businesses can be really challenging for yeah. a lot of people.
0: Yeah.
2: What were the biggest challenges you faced and how did you overcome them?
0: to coach people.
2: Yeah, so transitioning to that, now I'm consulting people or coaching people to run businesses. Sure,
0: sure. Well, it was through a misfortune that I got into it. Um, I had an injury without going into that detail and um, it kind of turned my life upside down. I um, was growing this business and I didn't have a plan B because it was just going well and then because of that injury I needed to step back and I needed to um, reevaluate what my next step would be. And I, took some time out and I did some study and I thought okay, what um, don't I want anymore in the future if I'm to have to change what I'm doing? So I did a lot of um, reassessing, reevaluating on what that next um, business or next career move could be and I fell into consulting um, in that time of reflection and study and working it all out people started to approach me to help them grow their business because they'd found out what I'd done for my own. And I got into that and after a little while, wait a minute, minute, I'm consulting now. So then I started consulting and I um, put together a business and I went from there. And after a little while, it started to get some traction and I was getting some great momentum and I did a bit of study to put some framework around um, how to help people and help senior leaders and help lots of organizations to grow and scale themselves. In that process, um, I started working more one-on-one with senior leaders and business owners. And then um, I started getting referred to other people as a coach. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not a coach, I'm a consultant. (laughs) And it took off from there. So the transition, and going back to your question, um, the difficult thing was, um, at first in all sincerity, it was um, understanding how um, to, to promote it because I'm not into self-promotion. And although I've been so grateful to have um, been put forward and um, received so many accolades, it's not something I go chasing. So I'm certainly not one for self-promotion. And what had happened was I started consulting, I thought, wait a minute, now I'm pretty much having to, in a way, put forward myself to, market my business and I had a, a bit of a challenging time with that and I was actually speaking to my friend Steve Brosman and he helped me um, systemize my program so I could actually refer to the programs as a package rather than me and that that was probably the most challenging thing and then when it came to coaching and being referred to people um, in coaching it really opened up um, my um, opened up what um, I'd been exposed to previously in business to um, understanding what people go through because they were then telling me about their personal lives a bit more and then I realised I needed to put together programs where I could align um, business leaders' um, personal goals and their professional goals with their business goals to make it all happen and to get that aligned so that they can be um, more happy and achieve more and have that um, great satisfaction which then translates into more success. So I guess when it comes to coaching people, the most challenging thing was really learning from these people what they go through. Um, there's some stories that come to mind that looking at these successful people that I've worked with, you'd never think that they've had such a horrific um, experience or traumatic upbringing or so much sadness in their life. And to see them so successful, it's um, amazing.
2: From adversity becomes opportunity. Exactly. Quite often. Yes. So when you're working with your clients, what is your first approach to determining the business needs and requirements?
0: I um, get them to do, before we get into the business diagnostic, which is more black and white going to the p I get them to do an analysis on what they want in the short and long term for themselves. Because as a business owner or CEO, they really need to understand what they want and what their family wants to then bring it all together with that business plan. And um, I find that works really well. Um, and I was working with somebody a couple of years ago who I still mentor, and he's an accountant and he runs a separate business as a franchise, and I was helping him with that. And in the first meeting, um, he had his p there and um, forecast there, and I pulled out um, this analysis on pretty much understanding a little bit more about his um, short and long term goals as a person and what he wants in his career and for this business that we're going to grow. And um, he, he kind of looked at it and he was a bit confused and because of his background and being a gentleman, like he was really awkward in um, pretty much putting pen to paper on that because he never had to think about it again. And he's an accountant, so he had all these numbers ready to go. And I picked up that he was a bit uncomfortable at that moment and I didn't think too much about it because we dove into it and he was really brave and um, went along with my plan, and it wasn't until probably a couple of weeks later he said to me, do you know what, I really was shocked with what you pulled out up <laughs> front, I was ready there with my PNL I think thinking we're going into the numbers, but um, when we um, started, he realised the benefit, and um, I still mentor him today, and um, it's a really nice relationship, and um, yeah, we, we connected at a, a good level to help um, himself, his family, and his business to be more successful.
2: Nothing like a bit of shock to, yes. to to stimulate. Okay, well, what 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 does need fixing here? Exactly. What can we help with here?
0: Exactly. It's,
2: so when you you know you talk about there around personal development as an entrepreneur and getting that right first, how do you balance that professional development versus personal development once you've gone through that initial process?
0: Yeah. Yep. It's a good question, and it's different for everybody. Um, Whenever I work with somebody, um, there's certainly a blueprint I work through, but um, I don't ever um, approach things with a cookie cutter approach. It's always personalized to that person's situation. And there's often a deep dive. So it depends on what we need to overcome um, based on where they're at to get them to that place where we can start making some magic happen. It it really does um, vary from person to person, business to business, depending on their situation and what they want long term as well.
2: So can you explain the framework that Consulting Australia uses when working with either new clients or existing clients?
0: Yeah, there's um, two types of diagnostics. Um, One's to firstly identify um, the person's um, wants and needs um, and vision, and then there's a a, a very detailed uh, diagnostic for the business to really understand where it's at, um, what's going really well, where the gaps are that needs to be fixed, and once those two um, analyses are put together, then I formulate a plan through that blueprint to make it happen. So the process has got, th- there's a timeline um, that we follow, but it's always personalized to um, help that individual and that business to achieve its objectives. So th- there's no, um, th- there's no um, black and white, framework it's just a process and it's systemized but then the actual delivery is always personalized on that current situation
2: so is that all online or is that something you sit down next to them and go okay let's go through every single piece one by one
0: yep sure so there's templates that we use and that helps us follow through with the um, blueprint and the timeline and um, it is online so each client um, is able to log into they get their own logins And they're able to log into the consulting Australia website and it's only myself and the client that they can actually um, pretty much log into their their part of the portal and um, We work on those documents and they're live. So um, if they make any changes, I can see them etc
2: so do you think in the future there you can see so some AI around this that it can identify and so you can just sit back and let it run yeah, by itself and yeah, th- provide it's, solutions.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, we're definitely working on that at the moment. Um, it's in line with uh, another program I'm starting to um, launch with Michaela G. It's to help young women the age of, I think I may have mentioned it to you, um, 15 to 27, to help them with basic um, life skills and the fundamentals in financial acumen to actually get on their feet. So we're certainly working on that.
2: Okay, Let, let's expand on that one now. So there's new program, yep. young woman, yep. leadership. I, I love the sound of it. Do you want us to e- explain a bit more around the process of it and and what the direction that you want to take it in the future?
0: Sure. So um, how it started was uh, Michaela's, um, my girlfriend's daughter, and she asked me to mentor her last year. And I thought, okay, no problem, would love to. She's a beautiful girl. And off we went and we realized we had um, we had a lot in common when it came to wanting to give back and help especially young women that hadn't been exposed to the basic fundamentals of life that we gratefully have. So we thought we'd try and put something together and we have and it's called Simple Strategies to Success. And its um, program is focused on helping these young women and um, when they, we're still in the testing phase so I can't talk too much about it. But um, it's essentially to um, help these women to firstly identify um, what it is that they want once again. And th- these women um, would generally come from a background where um, th- they probably haven't had the parents to give them um, certain tools and basic fundamentals that we have had to um, get ahead. And they know there's a better way, but they don't know what it is. So they're women that are ready, they're committed, um, they want to reach out and jump on board. and have a, a community around them where they can get that support and guidance and the tools and the knowledge to essentially transform their lives. And
2: no one better than yourself to be <laughs> a great mentor in this space with the number of you know, successful businesses you ran through that, that period of time. So what is the secret to success in establishing a business from day one that can easily be scaled or sold in three to five years time?
0: Yeah, sure. So I think the the number one thing is um, having the vision and definitely um, being flexible. Because if you have a a plan that's too rigid, it's never gonna work because you need to be a little bit flexible to um, embrace certain things that come along and overcome certain obstacles to get ahead. But it might sound quite basic, but it's commitment and riding with the punches that makes it happen. You just really need to be in your highest self mode and just keep going. Um, and then be open to opportunities and surrounding yourself with really good people. You probably heard it all before, but I think having that community um, around you outside of work, but then within that business to help you get that business to that next step. Um, And then, of course, it's understanding where the business is at. So um, if um, someone that's developing a business doesn't have um, the ability to understand how the business is tracking what's coming up in real time figures, um, that could be um, essentially a disaster. Um, life's so busy, at the mo- like for everybody at the moment, and um, things are moving so quick in general. And it's just really important that that business owner is grounded with um, understanding and keeping their finger on the pulse on where that business is at, just to keep it aligned with where they want it to go. And then to, to scale, you need systems and processes. Good people around you in systems and processes.
2: Because we see a lot of people that might understand their vision yeah, and they might have clarity on where it's going, but they end up being solopreneurs. Yeah. So they can't get out of that passion and building it around themselves. Yeah. So what sets them apart from, say, the person that can then scale it easily or sell it? Because yeah. it's you need passion to, to drive a good business, but you also need to be able to step back from it and a lot of people end up in that solopreneur because it becomes all about them and they build everything around themselves so what might be some strategies to prevent that from happening
0: Mm, that's a good question I see that a lot and it's a mindset thing quite often they don't get past the concept stage so they put all their heart and soul and finances into that idea and getting it going but then they've run out of fuel and they're doing it on their own, so they don't have the skills to take it to that next stage. So they stay in that concept phase and they don't grow. Mm. Um, I've helped or tried to help a couple of people in that space and sometimes if they've got that mindset and they're open to um, getting the help and employing some people that can help them with the skills to get to that next stage, they do take their business to that next level and do grow. But there's often the case where I've seen people that have put their heart and soul into that concept stage and stay there and they don't grow from there. Mm.
2: So we all know that we learn more from our mistakes than our successes. So are you comfortable in sharing a valuable learning opportunity from your career so far?
0: Okay, there's been lots. (laughs) Um, Let me think. I think one that I could share today would be to ensure that um, whoever it is, um, doesn't matter where they're going, what ambitions they have, that they've got a good coach or mentor. I'm not saying that because that's my line of work. I remember when I was 25, I um, was stuck and I'd essentially achieved pretty much all I'd wanted to. I was doing quite well. Um, and I was stuck thinking, what's next? And I thought, think now if I'd had somebody back then to lean on as a mentor or have a coach that um, could help me fast track my mindset and way of thinking at that time, I think I would have accelerated my um, success even further. And I think that was a block. So it's not really a failure, but nobody knows what they don't know. So Mm. it was just a matter of um, not knowing That I needed that support, so I I think it's really valuable to have um, the good people, right people around you.
2: People are our greatest assets. They are. So we all know. uh, So last year you launched a number one Amazon bestseller, simple strategies to success. After co-authoring Game Changers in 2017, what was the catalyst for you to write a book?
0: I always felt that I wanted to give back, and not everyone can afford um, coaching or um, a consultant. So I thought to put together a book um, that can be accessible by anybody in the world be a great way to give back and to provide people the um, skills and tools to essentially um, get their business to that next stage. So it was as simple as that. Um, I, I never. Um, set out to be a bestseller. Um, it was always about giving back. And I guess the rest was a bonus.
2: So for many people, they have lots of ideas and we're like, oh, I'd like to write a book but don't actually get around to starting it. So what, was your, what would be a key piece of advice from you around how to actually start writing that first book?
0: Yeah, I think it's um, like an onion. <laughs> um, you just need to keep peeling back. So I think the best way to do it is to map it out yep get headings for your chapters and then put content points for content into those um, areas for the chapters and then keep building on it and then peel it back and um, keep going until you're happy with it I don't think I've ever spoken to an author that has written a book on their own that doesn't Find it quite painful. <laughs> it's it's um it's it's a difficult task, um, especially because we're not doing it full time. We're maybe doing it in blocks and trying to fit it in in between other things that we're doing. So it's defi- there's definitely a framework um, that needs to be applied to writing a book.
2: A few a few years ago, you introduced the online program to your business. How has that changed the way you work as a consultant and coach, and how has that allowed you to stay true to your purpose?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, At the time I was scaling, and I knew that um, it was at a capacity where I didn't, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to find more great consultants to service the client. So I did um, change the format of the way I was delivering my service to help people and it was amazing, um, I was right, quite nervous because I'm more of a face-to-face person and I launched it and it, it, it was great, it took off and it scaled and I was able to retain um, the results because that's th- that part of the work's essentially done the same as how I was doing things um, and I do still visit the client's office um, initially if I need to um, but then the rest of the actual process and delivery is done either on Skype or remotely or through a process. And um, it's interesting because with that connection up front, it allows me to connect with that person. Doing that detailed diagnostic allows me to really understand where they're at. So it's really more of a a coaching um, style after that to help them deliver results um, to get to that next milestone or meet the next objective.
2: Okay, so I like that. Now it seems like you have a lot of focus on other people. Yes. What habits and routines do you follow to ensure that you bring energy every day?
0: I get up at four fifteen. Where um, we have a gym downstairs, and before anyone wakes up, I head down to the gym and I have an hour for myself.
2: Excellent. So that's a good start. And and so how do you lead an act You know, apart from that, what other things do you put in place to lead an active and healthy lifestyle?
0: Sure to me um, a healthy mindset is very important so training um, walking fresh air is very important It's so basic but it's so important and then we always have um, good food um, prepare our meals with fresh produce might sound so basic it's probably because of the farm upbringing i um, have retained that but healthy fresh food produce um, is very important
2: so we all know that smart people have great answers But the best people ask great questions. So when was the last time you did something for the first time?
0: That's a really good question. Um, It's a lot at the moment. (laughs) Um, um, I've always um, established and developed businesses as um, sole director with good people around me. And recently I've um, started to Um, establish a couple of programs with partners so that that's been quite interesting so one's with Michaela G for Simple Strategies to Success and I'm also speaking to um, a colleague called Gina and we're looking at running some programs for senior leaders and that's quite interesting because I have to articulate what has been in my mind for many years and they do as well to bring it together to formulate um, a program that is going to help people and then it's bringing two skill sets together and it's bringing two um, service offerings together to create one that's going to be powerful and that, that's that been a really cool challenge because it's taken me into a different headspace because it's not only me as that person driving this growth it's also somebody else but it, it's not a general manager it's someone um, that's establishing this business or program with me so th- that's been quite interesting and I'm really excited about um, how I've been able to um, develop and um, it's put me into um, I guess a, a place I've never been in before and it's been quite challenging, but for all good reasons.
2: Well I looks forward to seeing where that where that proceeds in the future. So what is the one question that you would love to solve?
0: A question that others have?
2: Question of your own that you there's something out there that you are unsure about but you'd love to solve it
0: Yeah, I guess questions that I have, um, one question I have um, is nothing to do with business at all, um, but it's something we can certainly help with and it's around poverty and also mental health in this day and age. It breaks my heart to um, realize that there's still people out there that don't have food, that don't have shelter. And what's really um, mind boggling is that we're supposed to be getting smarter, but then there's so many more people that are suffering from mental health. And with the work that I do, working with senior leaders, um, I really feel for them because they're in a position where, and not many people would know this, but they're under so much pressure and they're doing so much great stuff. And it's almost like their um, their shell is bulletproof. But inside, um, there's just so much going on. And like I feel for a lot of the senior leaders because if they don't have that balance or sometimes even when they do that the, the pressure is so full on that they're on that borderline of um needing some special help because mentally that the, the pressure is just taking its toll so um from a, a humanity perspective i'd love to see more food on those people's yeah. tables so to speak because um it's just heartbreaking to think that th- there's people that don't have food each day and then from um my my service offering um, perspective, it'd be great to help more people at that deeper level, hence my um, involvement in the buttery because I think they do such a great job at helping people at all levels and um, different backgrounds to um, pretty much overcome their pressures and anxieties and mental health issues to pretty much go back into society and be useful um, depending on where they've come from. And also with the buttery private now, helps people essentially go in and um, really successful people go in and essentially get rebuilt and detox and come back fresh and to be able to get back into their roles with a fresh perspective and do more good.
2: You've got beautiful humbleness and, <laughs> and generous side of you to help those people that are most vulnerable. So I think there's some great questions there, and obviously, you're, you're a part of trying to make a difference in that space as well. So thank you for the work you do in that space. How do you know when you're in a peak state of mind?
0: I get tingles. (laughs) 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 No, um, I think there's certain things I need to tick off every day, and that's um, being present. Um, It starts off with um, going downstairs, train each morning, and being present. And um, it sounds quite basic as well. We've got two young children, and it's just being able to connect with them well. I think that's hugely important, and connecting with people well. So it's really got nothing to do with um, how the business is going or um, anything else it's really um, peak state of mind really about um, doing basic things each day to um, optimize the way I deliver and the way I perform and also how I put myself out there as a human because from human to human we have to um, might sound basic but um, th- we're all energy so it's important to um, be grounded and um, be present and be um, pretty much here, grounded to give back in all these different areas
2: so you've got some amazing insights here you've got a a wonderful you know space of knowledge there around establishing businesses um, helping businesses transform and and grow to a new level so how can people learn more about what you do and what is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to continue a, a conversation or ask a few questions
0: yeah sure Um, I'm happy to share my details but if um, anybody's interested if they wanted to jump on the Consulting Australia website there's actually a link there and um, they can certainly book a call with me and I'm happy to answer any further questions or have a chat
2: great and we'll we'll put that on the show notes as well so Adriana um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today I, I love listening to your journey from a 13-year-old who come up with this idea that I want to own a business by the time of 18 and actually turn it into reality. Um, to see how you were, you know, I suppose, you didn't have any preconceived ideas around how a business was going to look and how your, your life should proceed. And so you were able to just make changes and, and try things and just really go with it. You had no sort of nothing holding you back at that point to now at a point where you're really making a difference for a lot of other people, whether that be entrepreneurs or CEOs or senior leaders that that are, obviously need some help and assistance to move from where they are now to take that next step and that next level up. And I'm sure, and I know I've seen it firsthand, that some of the amazing work that you're doing and, and it's a, a phenomenal achievement that you've been able to make and especially writing those books which Are a gift to so many people that may not have the resources to to come and spend time with you more regularly But are now getting the opportunity to take themselves to another level. Um, So Adriana. Thank you very much. Thank you This week's active CEO wellness tip is own your own influence being your own greatest influencer is important so that you have the habits and routines in place to ensure that you can deliver what you need to. So everyone else can perform at a really high level. You have to be able to influence yourself, be confident and ensure that you are in control of what you do every single day. People will notice how you are feeling, how you are acting, the things that you're putting in place. And if you aren't confident in yourself, if you haven't influenced yourself, it will flow on effect to the rest of your team. So make sure that what you are influencing yourself with is greater than what you wanna influence your people with. So it comes out, so it's so special that the people you are leading have such a profound effect that they do amazing things every single day. We had an absolute blast having an insightful and engaging conversation with Adriana Ciceri from Consulting Australia on episode 39 of the Active CEO podcast. If you enjoyed the interview with Adriana as much as we did, then please feel free to share on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter with your friends and network. And also leave an active CEO podcast review on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Android, Google, or TuneIn. As well as the active CEO podcast, the team at energy to perform also work with CEOs and leaders to improve their high-performing skills as both a person and as a leader guiding high-performing teams. We have developed Breaking the CEO Code keynote speech, coaching framework and corporate program. So you can learn the four basic fundamentals required to achieve high performance and the three P's of CEO or leader high performance, which are CEO periodization, CEO presence, and CEO performance. Sport coaches from grassroots to high performance showed a huge amount of interest and felt that they could gain a lot of value from the program. So we are developing breaking the coach code please contact us on www.nrg2perform.com or craig at nrg2perform.com to book a complimentary call to find out how the breaking the CEO code or breaking the coach code can help you deliver a high performance life. This is the Active CEO Podcast where the ordinary don't belong.
1: Join the active CEO movement by visiting www.nrgtoperform.com. That's nrg2perform.com. Share this podcast on LinkedIn and be sure to tag in NRG2Perform. Leave a review on iTunes. Drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the nrg to perform Facebook and Instagram pages. Be sure to check out the next Active CEO podcast where the ordinary don't belong.